ManaDeprived.com is proud to present Top 8 Magic Podcast with Michael J. Flores and Brian David Marshall. Brought to your ears thanks to FaceToFaceGames.com. All right, Mike, I have not watched Watchmen yet. The answer to who watches the Watchmen is not this guy, so I can't talk about it right now. Shit, man. Somebody, Anybody out there, y'all Canadians listening to this podcast, if you watched Watchmen, just you know, hit me up on the Twits. I, I need I need to talk to somebody about Watchmen. Nobody at the office who watched Watchmen had read Watchmen, so they were all confused. They're like, "What's going on? <laughs> Are they cops? Are they?" Super-? I understood everything that was going on because because you know, it's just like you know, Watchmen took place in 1987, and there's like they don't tell you anything. It's like all I'm, I'm giving you. This is an uns v recommendation yeah, right now. Yeah, you should just go watch it so we can have a conversation. One thing that I love about Brian is that he still hasn't seen The Last Jedi. So I have a conversation about how bad The Last Jedi is. I still have not seen it. Yeah. Well, I might a, have to see it, It's though. actually on Netflix now. Yeah, so. I know. I know. I, I it's, it's, go it. watch it. I saw it in the theater twice, but Matt paid the first time. <laughs> and he bought me a popcorn. But I, on the other hand, our seats were terrible. Okay. Well, that's, we, a, I was that's the, unforgivable in this day and age. I never understand anybody who's sitting in any of the seats around where I'm sitting. There's just no excuse for having bad seats. Well, no. It was, it's, it's a, he pre-bought those tickets. So he pre-bought me the ticket. So which that's is his a, excuse? The first row on the – literally the first seat on the far left in the first row. But it was a terrible movie. Anyway, uh, we can talk about Mythic Championship V. So this was this is a slow news day, what they would say in the business. You think? No, it's not. It's the opposite of a slow news day. Uh, so Mythic Championship V, also BNR uh, announcement. I can t- give you some observations. I played Magic all weekend. Also myself. Pioneer. Yeah, slow news day. <laughs> uh, so what I'd like to do, maybe, I mean, we, we, I don't know, we can talk about a bunch of topics. I think I really want to talk about Mythic Championship V uh, first. Hosted should, by Alias 5. Yeah, hosted by Alias 5. Uh, and just to begin with, who are we? Uh, Brian David Marshall, Michael J. Flores, Top 8 Magic, the I, longest I, running magic podcast at yeah, this point. I sometimes appear on this podcast. You do. I sometimes you do. appear on this podcast. Uh, that was, by the way, that was, we, 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 I know no more set previews is sort of the edict. Yeah. But many, many more preview shows. That was, the, that, I thought event. that was great. Yeah. I had People a, seem I had a, to like it. I had so much fun doing that. That was really good hearing you guys, getting both of your opinions on it. And so uh, it's interesting. Well, be interesting to look at which of our predictions fell flat on their faces. Bant ramp. Actually, <laughs> and, uh, I would which ones love to fall true. on my ember cleave right now. <laughs> I, just, I actually want to get out there. So I was pretty critical of the deck like that Sivka had played and and so forth. And so I actually played the the Pantheon type Simic Food at FNM on Friday. And I just I can tell you right now, I just didn't understand Sivka's deck. Like I could just like own this a million percent. And I think Zvi was in the same camp as me, and we were like, this deck doesn't make much sense and it has no payoffs. And we say well, it, has, it has no payoffs, it has much the same structure as the Simic Food deck, but no, no Wicked Wolf main deck, no Questing Beast, and then it has much the same structure as the Bant Golgar. I'm sorry, the Bant Golos deck, but no field. Right. So right. I'm just like, none of this makes any sense. It's just a Nissa deck, really. But but they're all Nissa decks. That's the thing. So like, there's nothing distinguishing about it in the end game. 
I did not understand this, and I do think he was right. That, I think that helicopter, by the way, is full of jackhammers. Yeah. I don't know if you know that. It, well, so he actually didn't get it all the way right. I I think that there's some obvious improvements you can make to the deck. Wow, really? But he got it. He, of the decks that were played at the Mythic Championship V, his was the best, and I'll tell you why. He had two copies of Argorial Grazer, two copies of Gross Spiral, four copies of The Goose, four copies of Once Upon a Time. You just turn those two Gross Spirals into Arboreal Grazers, and his engine makes a lot more sense. He His ability to play an unbeatable threat on turn two is the highest, because he's got multiple copies of Teferi Time Reveler in addition to... Uh, in addition to Oko Thief of Crowns. Right. And I would go so far as to say, I would, I actually cut, I sided out the, the Agent of Treachery playing for my last round, playing the game three of my last round against a Golos deck on, at Saturday Showdown. Oh. Because it's just faster to play with the other, just play, play with another like three, like, you know, detention guy or whatever. Okay, deputy did, of detention? Yeah, like, I was just like, you don't, I, my, my opponent nailed me with Agent of Treachery in, like, turn four in that game, and I came back and won. Like, the deck has so much high-impact leverage in the early game. Like, that's what you want to be going for. Like, I mean, he took my Oko, right? And so I was yeah. just like, and so I detentioned my own Oko, and then Teferi'd my detention guy, and it was on, like, popcorn. <laughs> Right, so that deck's ability to just like let's, let's agree never to say that again. To like detention and and to ferry and it's it's really that I I played the deck a lot. I switched from Simic Food to Bant Ramp from Friday to Saturday. I thought it was a really rewarding deck to play. I think you should play with four copies of Arboreal Grazer. I think the deck can still be improved, but of the decks that were played at Mythic Championship V, it was it was structurally the best deck, and. Um, it you know you you just want to max out on your turn three plays on turn two yeah it's so strong and I'm I would even just go go so far to think like what additional bombtacular cards can you play that are three mana right that that could fit into the structure could you play like the littlest Viv is that a thing you might want to play right the you know the littlest Viv you could play um, I don't know I didn't I didn't actually try yeah. that yet but but I was I thought the deck was real impressive it hasn't unbelievably good game plan against Golos. It's really hard to lose against Golos. Uh, well, I managed, especially now. Well, I managed to lose against Golos largely because I kept turning Golos into an elk. So, this is embarrassing. There's another thing I'm just going to admit. I played a ton of Magic of the new format, but as Zvi has been making fun of me, both in real life and on the podcast, I only have red cards on Arena. <laughs> so I had never been on the Oko side against a Golos before in my life and didn't realize I could just be trading food for Goloses. Oh, yeah. And going off. Instead, I was just like trying to manage multiple Goloses as Elk, which was just falling further and further behind when they had a Golos and another Golos. Uh, but I, I do know the trick now that it doesn't matter. Uh, but I think that maybe the deck won't be good anymore because with. Golos going down in popularity, other decks are going to rise. So this is not so much it was a metagame deck, but it was right. a deck that was built for a metagame. Right. Now, what, what do you think... Uh, what, what, did you, what did you think of Javier's deck? This was another deck you were you were not a, a huge fan of. So, I know you said it was the biggest flavor fail you know, in the so tournament. There are three really important flavor fails of this Mythic Championship theme. Yeah. The first and most glaring is that the reigning... Magic the Gathering world champion 
who has a card which literally just states that he is the reigning yeah, man. He is gathering. the flavor text, yeah. And that he played a red aggro deck in a format wherein that card is widely considered the best one drop in red aggro decks. It's called Fervent Champion? Yes, especially in Ember Cleave decks, for example, those played by Hall of Famer Eric Froelich, Hall of Famer Ben Stark, and... Should uh, be Hall of Famer Ken Yukihiro. Uh, you voted for Ken. I did, yeah. and you know what? If Ken Yukihiro was from frickin' Wisconsin, and, like, on some, like, friendly podcast every week, and, like, wrote magic articles about his crazy decks... He would be slam dunk have been in the Hall of Fame two years ago. Well, uh, so by the way, yeah, getting his fifth Mythic Championship top eight this weekend. So they all played fervent champions. Fervent champions were played by Lishi Chan also. Yeah. So they were played by a variety of extremely well known so three Hall of Famers and it should have been a Hall of Famer successful players, but not the. <laughs> Not the guy who the card is named after, despite also playing Red Aggro deck. So that's flavor fail number one. His one drop of choice was Pelt Collector. Only had Pelt Collector. But his growth deck is interesting in that he can have a high a high percentage of one drops because of Once Upon a Time. Yeah. We, we, we saw him Once Upon a Time into a Pelt Collector yeah, that, multiple times. That's a meaningful thing because of his ability to leverage that into additional power. I, I, I've been spo- I can tell you right now that I've been spoiled already yeah. by Once Upon a Time. Like, I played a bunch of, like, green-blue-based decks over the weekend, you know, like, food or bant or whatever, and uh, being able to once upon a time into, like, the green source or the, you know, goose on turn one, right? Like, you have this hand that's, like, kind of like, oh, this hand's really close. I want to keep it, but I don't have a green source or I don't have a... Gilded Goose or, or an Arboreal Grazer, like the ability to just get that for free. So I like I switched over to playing like Lee's Red Deck. Yeah. Up, and it's like trash. No, right? it's not trash. It's not trash, but it's That's like. That's the deck I mostly play. It's trash in the sense that it like. It doesn't have Once Upon a Time. You guys have Once Upon a Time. So, I wonder, I, what I want to know is can we get Once Upon a Time into Lee's deck? <laughs> can, okay, we just, so, can we just play it? So I'm going to write an article this week based on this hand. This was the the hand in my first round in FNM this week. Uh, I kept this hand. Okay, this what's hand the hand? An island, a yeah. Once Upon a Time, Nissa, Questing Beast, Gilded Goose, Paradise Druid, and Wicked Wolf. That's a snap keep, isn't it? Yeah, so this hand has two four drops, a five drop, uh, a Once Upon a Time, two accelerators, and an island. The Snap. An how, island. Many, how many green sources in the deck? Plenty. Plenty. <laughs> in excess of 14. Okay. Yeah, I, 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 I've, I've kept... Yeah, so... I clear so this is in most formats an unkeepable hand. Mm-hmm. I destroyed my opponent. I went first turn goose, followed up with Paradise Druid, what, third a, turn Nissa. Once upon a time is gonna be I think when you Banned look back in every at, format. I think when you look back at this era of magic, yeah. it is gonna be as much a defining card as like Factor Fiction was during Carlos Ramau era, you know, Psychotog magic. At the time. I think you're underrating Once Upon a Time when you say that. This card is substantively better than Preordain, which is banned in multiple (laughs) formats, right? So... Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. When I'm talking, I'm talking about just its impact on standard. Mm. But you're saying, like, you're saying Once Upon a Time is just going to have its implications that go all the way back through the widest, oldest formats. Yeah, like, in in the standard Cobblade era, I remember having a conversation with Andrew Cuneo. Andrew wasn't... uh, I mean, Andrew was... 
known to me. I had known him in the 90s, right? Yeah. But it was like during this long stretch where he wasn't a pro Magic player. Like he's, he did, he came back like around, you know, after this era, right? Yeah. I, you know, around 2013 or something. I can't remember when. And he was just like friends. Was, I think that they had probably changed the rules on collecting a ratings-based invite. It was like the last ratings-based invite he could collect. So he just got together with some of his old buddies uh, and then just decided to never not be a platinum after that. <laughs> so, <laughs> but he he really just not played for nine years or right. so, right? So I remember talking to him, and he's just like, "Yeah, they don't know how to make magic cards." And I was like, "Well, what do you mean?" He's just like, "They've just had these glaring errors in in building magic cards," and and I'm like, "Oh, you mean Jace the Mind Sculptor? I don't think that card's that good." That's what I said, and I and I've always thought Jace the Mind Sculptor is a powerful staple, right? But I've always been in this camp of, like, it's not nearly as good as the hype. You, you, you would agree with me that that's been my position, right? Sure. And Andrew agreed with me. He's like, no, that card's fine. Right? So, like, it's very, very good. But like, this is, like, if we're, like, in an era of Bloodbraid Elves and Jace the Mind Sculptor and Primeval Titans, the card is literally just fine. Right? He's like, the cards that are screw-ups is this preordained card. <laughs> like, and so, I think Once Upon a Time is much better than preordained. Like, the hand that I just that I just described is unkeepable in most formats. Sure. In an era which has Once Upon a Time, it's unbeatable. Right? <laughs> like, that's that's the, the the crazy thing about it. Anyway, so Once Upon a Time won the tournament, yet there was a flavor fail. There were two other important flavor fails. One of them was pointed out by Brian Kibler on stream, which is that uh, Kenrith, the Returned King, and Oko Thief of Crowns kind of shouldn't be on the same squad. You don't think Oko's trying to cozy up so he could steal the crown? I think it, it makes total sense to me. I can make narrative sense of this. All right. I mean, you are a you know a professional writer of fiction. Yeah. Uh, I think that you know I could give you one of those like Twitter writing prompts, and you could come up with a short story about it. Sure. It is a flavor fail. They're they're not friends. Okay. I, I agree that they're not. Do you? Do you know, so this is an important question, and I'm curious. Do you believe that all the cards that are in your magic deck are hanging out together and getting along well? Yeah, I do. You do. Yeah. You think it's a harmonious workplace? You don't think there's little cliques? You don't think there's little rivalries? People vying for their boss's attention? So, I mean, look, let's just think about, let's just think about, you know, a deck that I play the most, right? It's maybe, maybe four creatures in the deck, maybe three creatures in the deck, depending on time. There's Goblin Guide, Eidolon of the Great Revel, and Monastery Swift Spear, okay? Yeah. Goblin Guide. And you think they're besties? Goblin Guide is a guide. <laughs> He's navigating the land. He even puts the land in the opponent's hand. He's trying to get, you know, he's trying to get the the uh, on the way to the monastery where the monastery Swift Bear is very they're hermetic, you know. She's chilling out on the top of the mountain. They're like, you know, not normally just social with other people. The guy's getting there, lit by the fires of the Eidolon of the Great Revel. Like they're they, this is like a linear progression. Here's the thing, and I like see Grim Lava Mancer, I don't know. He's kind of ornery, but he's also not always in the deck. See, so in this scenario. Yeah. I see myself as perhaps the Grim Lava Mancer. Yeah. Okay. I see Josh Ravitz <laughs> as the Eidolon of the Great Rebel. Yeah, that's like, true. He just doesn't really like anybody else. Yeah. And every time someone comes into play, he's like, take two. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Goblin Guide. I'm trying to decide if that's you or Satan. Okay. And then the other one gets to be Monastery Swift Spear. Satan had the long hair, so he's going to be the Swift Spear. So Satan is a girl. Yeah. No, Got Satan's it. got like the okay, yeah. kind of had the long flowing locks. Yeah, I don't yeah. Know. But like, and I'm and I'm and I'm a goblin. And, and you're this, a goblin. Yes, okay. You're the goblin guide here. So all y'all have been at the same party before. Yeah, no, we get along pretty well. But Ravage really crumbs the deal. <laughs> Everyone is taking two. Our enemies are taking two. Yeah, he's I understand. Indiscriminate. I do understand that he's indiscriminate. Okay, it's fine. <laughs> it's fine. It's just literally fine. All right. Okay. 
So that's a flavor fail. Okay. But the third and most important flavor fail is this alleged Hall of Fame person that you think of. Ken Yukihiro, how can the rotting Regisaur hold the Embercleave? His arms are so small. Teeth. Holds it in its teeth. Yeah, it probably just discards it next turn. <laughs> that's what he's doing. <laughs> <laughs> he tries a lot of them on. He's yeah, like, oh, I can't hold this one. Can't hold this. Oh, a mountain. I can hold this one. Just shipping it to the bin. Yeah, that was that was clearly my my favorite deck. Yeah, it, he did Pearl. well. He did well. Yeah. So our so our picks weren't that bad. Um, I picked Kai over Yellow Hat in the finals. Uh, Yellow Hat at least he made it. And I remember He's I playing the same deck. And I deliberately was like, oh, I'm gonna odd man out Billy Jensen. Yeah, they were like. You know, I was wrong about... I should have odd-manned out Kai. Yeah, sure. But that wasn't... A, yeah, I was like, hey, Yellow Hat plays a lot. You know, Yellow Hat was close to the finals. He was top four. Yeah. Um, he was wearing a yellow hat. Yeah. That looks like a new yellow hat No, it me. is not. It's not. It's the same It one. was like such a bright yellow on camera. It's it's the same one. It's, it was so... So the yellow is like painted on. Oh. Okay. So it's not a real... It's not an actual yellow hat that would fade. It's like paint. Oh, I see. So I, I just assumed I, like he just got no, like a replacement I, I, yellow hat. I did a video feature with him uh, at a pro tour last season, and okay. he st- it was the same hat we talked about. Okay, it. that'll make that, sense. That hat really needs to be. If there's like, like a physical a, hall, yeah, of fame. it needs to be in a hall somewhere. Like he, he should just get like a prop hat to wear out because like if something happens to that hat, I would actually be devastated. Yeah. Like I would feel so sad if like he lost that hat somehow. Yeah, like somebody stole it. Yeah. Like, maybe I'll steal it and put it in some imaginary Hall of Fame. That With, I like, the keep. Venus de Milo's missing arms. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you imagine you hit, like, some sort of Frankenstein statue. <laughs> like, the Venus de Milo's missing arms. <laughs> Nassif's yellow hat. <laughs> like, I'd have to think about this, you know? Yeah. An E.T. head. I don't know where that's coming from, but that's what I see. Why don't we just chop off the head of, like, the President of the United States? <laughs> no, could be the head. Mummify the, it and make the it head part of the, of the statue. The, the head of the... Statue that they decapitate in The Simpsons. Oh, that works. That's not a real object. Damn that's it. a that's a cartoon Damn object. Colors. You could arms. use like maybe maybe you could use like some sort of blockchain <laughs> equity <laughs> manifest that into a, a physical object. Okay, um, do you want to talk about other news items and then get into Mythic Championship V? Like just kind of like really. Yeah. Well, let's, let's talk about let's stick out, stick with the Mythic Championship. What what else did you? Uh, I mean, so one of the people we we talked about was rooting for Lee Sheetian, and he he did super well. Um, How did he finish? Made top eight. Top eight. And he defeated uh, he defeated uh, Yukihiro in the top he, eight. He got it. Yeah, he got himself into the lower bracket before he fell a little short. Um, you know, had a good run. I mean, just a great emotional. He like blew up everyone's. If you have like a magic news feed, you know, like he was on every website today because he talked about being a free man playing magic in Hong Kong in his post match interview. And, you know, still got to take home his prize money, <laughs> is still invited to subsequent events. Wow. Um, Why is that newsworthy? Yeah. <laughs> So, what you're saying that if you're in the United States and you say like, "Hey, what's up? I uh, love freedom." Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's actually I, I have a mild affection for fleet freedom. You know, yeah. I mean, you know, like if you get to see someone like you know, LeBron get obviously feel the effect of the, you know, LeBron's on the other side of this argument. Yeah, I'm just saying like LeBron. LeBron was clearly 
uh, took a different position than, say, Wizards took here. Yeah. And uh, which was kind of heartbreaking, I think. It's, you know... And I, I understand that there's a lot of money at stake for people, but... I think that... You know, freedom. I think that there's a difference. Well, so, I think that taking the opposite position, or at least... I hate to use the word empathy with regards to a company. Like, people don't think about companies as things that you should have I, empathy I, for. I have zero empathy. Okay, no, no, I'm just, I, that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. it's, it doesn't seem like the right word to yeah. me, but let's just play with me on this one. Empathy for companies isn't, versus the an expression of a regular person, isn't necessarily heartless and cruel when you're saying it's just money. It's kind of not. It's like... Companies are the retirement funds of sure. all these firefighters and grandmas. Sure. It's people's jobs. Like it does like how willy nilly we can be or like somebody should have freedom of expression. It's it's I don't think that you can be absolute we're not talking about criminal activity yeah, here. There's we're a ninety percent chance I have to call Roman to just edit this out to save you from yourself. Let's move on. <laughs> I'm just saying I'm I have empathy for LeBron right now. Me sure. and LeBron are not are not ever gonna be on opposite sides of an argument since 2015 yeah, okay. right so 2011 lebron and i might not be on the same yeah. side of anything but 2015 forward lebron and i i'll find a reason to uh you know yeah i'll back him up uh it meant my general tenor would be yes i'm pro freedom <laughs> but in this case i'm gonna have to I, side I can, with the greatest basketball I, player of all I, I can understand where some people are put in a position where they feel like their livelihood is threatened i don't think lebron that, feels like his livelihood is threatened. i think he feels like a great percentage of his that he has a lot of money coming out of china i think sure. that he probably feels okay there, about there's himself a financial, there's a financial motive here that's not a that's the only thing that can be at work here. Yeah, but I don't. What I'm saying is, I think that LeBron probably feels fine about himself, and I don't think he really cares about that stuff at all. I think that since since failing in his appointed task, he's taken a different tack on money, right? He's just like, I don't want to be the first like athlete billionaire. He's not. He's never going to be. So instead, he's just decided to give all of his money away to charity. So I think a person who's doing that sure. during while he's still alive, unlike you know other people who have a lot of money, or like I'll give away all of my money later. Yeah. Um, you know, LeBron's just like, ah, here's here's all of my money in perpetuity. Educate some underprivileged kids. I think that guy's probably not really worried too badly sure, about sure. his earnings in China for the next six months. I think he's probably thinking about other people. Yeah. Okay. Um, that said, and separately, did you hear about Robert Downey Jr.? Robert Downey Jr. went to some sort of, like, egghead thing recently, and he's just like, yeah, there's just like a room full of scientists who are all smarter than the guy I play in movies. And I said, what do you guys need to solve climate change? And they're like, a billion dollars. And he's like, cool, I have that. So he <laughs> just gave them a billion dollars. Or I think he's, like, leading a fund yeah, or whatever. Because yeah, yeah. I don't know that he personally has a billion dollars. I mean, he has, I mean, he has a lot of he, money. He's, he's a lot closer to it than we are. Well, I mean, but, so, like, so... He, he, but he's just like, cool, you guys need a billion dollars? I got you. <laughs> and then, you know, and then he's just like, hey, look, let's say they're an utter failure. What was I going to do with the money? That was literally what he's, he's like. He's like, I don't need that billion dollars. What was I going to do with it? And if nobody takes a swing, we're never going to hit it out of the park. Sure. And I was just like, shit, this guy should be president. I mean, I know he has serious substance abuse problems, but but like, I mean, they're just less well disguised than other people who've held the office. Yeah, I mean, like, but it's not like he's got a desk full of Sudafed. Yeah, I mean, I mean, like, 
there's a reason that guy did such a good job playing a troubled drug addict for the yeah, last sure. 10 years you know sure um so uh anyway long anyway st- sidetracked Lee, sidetracked anyway, congrats how insane Lee. was that with robert downey jr yeah. cool i've got that <laughs> here geniuses <laughs> okay lee great job yeah great job um, cool deck uh probably not a deck that does well <laughs> post do you think that deck does well in a post field world i'm still swinging with it i don't have other cards <laughs> <laughs> i could i could play the other red deck yeah. I have one rare wild card. I had a few more rare wild cards, but I had to craft them into more of that forecasted cost dwarf noble. <laughs> I I don't know what to tell you, man. Yeah. How many packs do I have? To, I'm winning like two or three packs a day right now. Yeah, that's I not said, a lot. How many am I supposed to be winning? I don't know, you're supposed to be drafting, dude. But so like I can only I can only win like 15 wins. Am I doing it wrong? Like I can get like about 15 wins worth of stuff. Right. Oh, you might you might need to put a little money in. I thought it was a free-to-play game. <laughs> yeah, what did I just say? <sighs> you might need to put a little money in. I keep forgetting to do that 50-pack thing. Yeah, so anyway. How much are packs if I don't do the 50-pack thing? I don't know. I don't pay attention. I just draft. Usually I can stay ahead of that. But I'm talking about making decks, Brian. Yeah, that's how I built all my decks. I haven't put any money into, into Arena other than whatever money I put into it to draft. And then I just draft. I still have... 40 of each wild card after building like three different decks in the new format. Wait, really? How do you have so many wild cards? Because I draft all the time. How much does it cost I, to draft? I mean, it's 750 gems or 5,000 gold or 1,500 gems. Oh, wait. Depending if on I the, just save up 5,000 gold, I can draft? You could do a draft. And then you can win gems, which you can use in draft. I thought I was just... I honestly just open all of my gems into packs immediately. That's really dumb. Oh, that's what I do every day. That's really dumb. So I could, it doesn't take that long to save 5,000 no, no, no. gems. So it takes like two or a couple of days, right? Yeah, you should be, you should be probably. You, so I learned this week, This the last seven days I learned Oko could just steal Golos. Like my, I should recommend the podcast uh, Going Optimal to You by Ryan Spain, formerly of Limited Resources. Oh, really? Yes. I've never heard of this podcast. Yes, he, he talks a lot about what you should do to optimize your arena experience your arena experience yes oh. i'm sure i am not even remotely close because i don't optimize at all but i just draft a lot okay and then i find myself with a lot of wild cards i open all my booster packs when i win them oh and then can i wait, wait. And then you accumulate gems Do and I, can you bring your own packs to no. draft you just pay five thousand gold or 750 or 1500 gems depending on the type of draft ranked or whatever ranked or what's the other it's ranked and traditional what's traditional ranked is single game you don't play best of three uh you try to get to seven wins against three losses whichever comes first uh in traditional you play best two out of three and you're trying to get to five wins against two losses um the traditional is a little thing a little closer to a real draft experience you get to sideboard which is huge sometimes um, takes a little longer to play through. You don't have as much room for like, uh oh, I just got. Wait, run so I, over I there. don't have to do it all at once, right? I can just you like can do it whenever, yeah. I can like play one game yeah, and I'm then the pick it up. Dra- later. I'm in the middle of a draft right now. Okay, wow. So I've learned so many things in the last couple. I, I learned about taking Goloses with Oko. <laughs> I learned that Sifka's deck was actually the best deck, not the worst deck. I didn't think it was the worst deck. I just thought like it didn't make any sense to me. And now I realize I was just dumb. My, I just my brain wasn't big enough. You don't, you don't have the Gruel deck as the best deck. 
Uh, I don't know. I don't know what the world is going to be like. I think that like all these right, aggro decks that like cheat on their fundamentals are like. I mean, we can if people back. start playing real decks, then that's not. We, we be can go same. back and talk about. Let's, let's talk about the implications of the field of the dead. Yeah. What what is what does this say to you? Uh, because because a lot of the decks people are playing, people said very specifically like you know like Lee's deck and the Night Mardu Knights decks and the Gruel <laughs> decks were all like. Yeah, we're here to run over these Golos decks that dirtle around and hope to get their board set up by turn five, you know, but we're just going to rush them and kill them, you know, on that turn. Are these decks all turn. banned on Arena already? No, no, no. You can still play Golos until Friday, I think. Okay, so this is what I think. A, I did do like a kind of an 11th hour, I hope they don't ban anything today, and I, that's what I, my response to yeah. you on Twitter was. Um, I thought... In my heart of hearts from the beginning when they said we might have an emergency ban after Mythic Championship V, uh, I thought they would ban Field of the Dead and nothing, which was sure. correctly what uh, uh, what they did. Um, I think that some decks are completely unaffected, right? So, for example, um, I think, like, the Simic Food deck as played by the Pantheon is probably about four cards off of what you would play for a Simic Food deck. Perhaps you would play Brazen Borrower instead of... A disdainful stroke in the main deck. Sure. Perhaps you would uh, do like. I mean, what, disdainful stroke in the main deck was clearly yeah, a so, nod to to Golos. So like Mengu played uh, detention guy instead of in that slot and just splashed white. Like it's a very mild splash, uh, and so you might do that. Um, I think that you're probably not going to play like that Merrileaf Pixie version that just wants to fly over zombies. So or like, Chris Kavartek's yeah. version. His deck, his deck is cool. Yeah, it was super, super cool. cool. And obviously made a lot of really like very, very weak, that weak specific yeah. decisions about how to construct his deck. That's like a lifetime Mike Flores kind of this is what we're supposed to be going for angle. But I'm like, now that we're in the in the age of arena where you know we have to have like kind of sustainable collections and stuff like that i think that that's probably not the way you want to go in the long term right so i think that like the the pantheon style simic food deck seems a pretty fundamentally strong deck to me sure uh i think like most of the aggro decks I, the gruel inclusive any, any deck that's playing oko is just really strong so uh, here's a question how does like Sifka's by the way super sad I, like, gamble. I'm like, I don't think... I think maybe they're going to ban Oko. Like, I was like, I don't know. It seems crazy, but I think they might. And I could have bought Oko's on Friday for, like, 40 bucks. Now they're like... I bought mine at 40. I could have bought them for 40, and they're, like... 70. 70 to 80 right now, and sold out in most places. So, um, I wanted to say... And I, and I kind of need them if I'm going to play Magic. Same with me on Embercleave. I, yeah. I told KYT I wanted Embercleave last week, but... Uh, I didn't, I Ember, didn't. Embercleave's gone up to about a twenty dollar card over the weekend, like five or something. Yeah, probably, 10. probably even less than that. I think five was, like, I think they went up to five after the Mythic Championship deck lists got yeah. released. So, um, so anyway, to come back around, I think any of these aggro decks that are just cheating all around, which is like, hey, our excuse for removal is a couple of of Bone Crusher Giants, and we're gonna call it a day. Right. Or nothing. Yeah. Right? Some of it is are literally yeah. or nothing. That's probably not gonna fly in a legit format. Right. Um, because the the mid rangest decks like Simic or imagine you're playing like Simic or Bant Food and your opponent's got like four wicked wolves main deck and then like four or like what if your deck opponent's just like three voracious hydra, four wicked wolf main deck, 
sideboard a bunch of Tulsimirs, right? Like, you're probably not getting through that deck with no removal, right? You might not be able to get because, in fact, you just got it's not even you can't even beat those cards. You got to take out the goose before they get there, right? <laughs> and they've you've still got to contend with the Okos and stuff. I think like any of those aggro decks are going to be in a different in a different world than they are yeah. right now. So, is Gruel going to be good? I think Gruel's pretty strong on the fundamentals. I think that if I were going to play Gruel, I would focus a lot of my efforts a lot around where Dominguez did with like a ton of haste creatures. Right. Um, he, he, you know, I talked to his V about these plays a lot, just in the abstract. Um, about and he's just like you know, almost always in the situation, I make my spellbreaker four four. That's the thing that that he told me. Uh, but Dominguez made his spellbreaker three three haste a lot on turn three. Interestingly, he <laughs> always made his Zerta Goblin a three three. Not haste, or almost always. Like there were some times where it's like it represented lethal damage, yeah. but in general, he was making it a three-three because he wanted it to be able to get through our boreal grazers. You know, in in matchups where his opponent could have yeah. an boreal grazer and didn't want it to get blanked. But those those spellbreakers were so often three-three haste. I mean, especially if you've got one to two pell collectors online, and then you're just going to get the buff on the pell collectors. The immediate damage is fine. If you've got a follow-up, and his deck has got like seven, four, and five casting cost haste creatures with four plus power, I think like that's a good gamble. I think I would focus a lot on those haste. Um, maybe go even heavier on the Embercleave. He only played two copies of Embercleave in his main deck. Uh, I think like there are definitely ways that you can increase the number of Embercleaves you play, the brokenness of the Embercleave. So like, they're, like none of these decks were really Embercleave decks. They were aggro decks that had Embercleave. Sure. Right, so for example, you can make an argument that there is a red swarm deck that should play Embercleave. Yeah, but the red swarm deck is not going to really have um, necessarily have a single attacker that is going to benefit most. Yeah, from but it it combines. So the red swarm decks, like imagine, I, I like you would have to do more work than this. I'm just giving an example. Yeah. Imagine you removed Cavalcade of Calamity and you replaced it with Embercleave. Right, for sake of argument. Seems much worse. So hold on a second your deck suddenly becomes much less restrictive on design, right? So the 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 two-drop dwarf guy that's like a plus two plus oh on the front side and the three one, what's his name? Rimrock, Rimrock Knight. Yep. So Rimrock Knight is way better in the deck that I just described, and Rimrock Knight is widely played in the Cavalcade decks. Sure. So one thing that you would have known... I, if you I had, agree that Rimrock Knight and Embercleave seem like a nice, and a nice pairing. So the thing is, those two guys and sure. Steamkin... Like, there are a lot of games where you just don't have any one-power creatures, and I know that sounds insane, but you have, like, two cavalcades in play, but they killed your one-drops, right? Sure. They traded with your one-drops, they killed your one-drops with, like, a with like a deafening clear end, and now you're, like, you know, you got your damage in, you played the John Sonny game, you just did your giant growth side or whatever, like, all right, my follow-up is a Rimrock Knight, you're not getting any bonus here, okay? You play your fourth land. Like, you could be getting in and just drop an Embercleave and be nailing somebody for eight damage here, okay? Sure. That is a very plausible thing you can do. It's very good also with with, um, with uh, uh, Runaway Steamkin, which can also have four power. Sure. By the way, this is a red card, right? Sure. So, but I mean, you can also equip it to the Giant, who's also a four power. Yeah, so the thing is, you, there are a lot of creatures in the deck that literally are not a 1-1. One, one. Secondly, you just can play some different and better cards because you're not I was stuck just gonna there. Say, I was just going to say, once you get off of the Cavalcade, yeah. then there's a couple of other cards you need to get so, off and of. The other thing is, like, there are many, like, 
swarm making cards, right? So the deck that Lee played plays Tybalt, which I'm happy about. It is only an uncommon. I was able to craft it. I was afraid. <laughs> I was afraid. I was. Like, gonna, oh, no. I don't even know what I could play. So other versions of Cavalcade decks play Chandra Three, right? Which is a rare. Uh, so that's also a swarming card. But there are many cards that are red that can produce bodies, right? That will help you to discount the cost of Embercleave. So even, I, I don't know, I, I watched a lot of these Mardu Knight decks just Embercleaving a 1-1, right? Sure. You're still getting in for like three or whatever. It's, right. it's not that bad. So uh, I guess four, <laughs> yeah. not three. Well, um, I assume they trampled over, yeah, you know, uh, you know with their uh, heart's with, desire. Yeah, their super first strike or whatever. <laughs> so it's actually not that bad, but um, I think that that that's the thing. I think there could be there could be a red swarm deck that's playing Embercleave rather than rather than um, Cavalcade of Calamity with not a huge amount of other alterations, right? So if you think about what is bad for these decks, you know. What Lee played with 21 lands, right? Yeah. Like drawing like five or six lands is typically pretty bad, yeah. right? Well, what if you've got like, you've got like a pretty decent guy and like, you know, they're, they're spent, right? They're like, all right, I traded with your entire first flurry. You play like a Rimrock Knight or that's what you've got left. Or you play the backside of a Bone Crusher Giant. You're like, go, right? And then they're like, all right, take my turn, you know, uh, Fires of Invention, Fae of Wishes for like my comeback card, go. Right, and you're like, kill you! <laughs> like all of a sudden, your bone crusher giant just slams them for ten. Sure. Right? I mean, the the problem with that. You take some damage on the way, I think. Though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I do think that happens. The problem with that strategy uh, is that I think that the Embercleaves can clog up your hand. Where when you're playing this deck, like at its most powerful, you have a steam cannon play and you're just able to cycle through so many cards especially because of the adventure mechanic where you're able to like rimrock knight you know I like i tell you i played this deck i'm gold one okay oh I, I played this deck to gold one right so i i played the regular like you know removal other kind of guys deck to kind of like gold four or whatever but i i quickly progressed in gold and i've been up and down in gold one for about four or five days like i've gotten like almost the end of gold one and then just back down to gold two almost every night right yeah, so yeah. he told me i was gonna have a hard time passing gold with this and um he was right i can tell you it's it's been it's been a reliable deck overall but kind of kind of getting there you don't get these draws, okay? Like, every game is me, like, doing this, chattering my teeth, being like, I have to play twice as hard with cards that are half as good. Okay, like... <laughs> this is what I said before! Like, this is you like, yelled at me when I said the deck is trash! It's, it's trash! You're just like, oh, man, you're just coming out with Javier Dominguez. It's hot then, trash, like, you mean, you burn like, people out with it. Then you're like, like second turn, then you're like, second turn runaway steamkin, three one drops, cavalcade haste, attack for 100, including your steamkin, who's always one power, right? That never happens, right? Like, if you're going to get a draw like that, that's the ones where your opponent's just like, uh, your Shock draw was, like, pretty good. <laughs> no, 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 you're like, you're, you're like, oh, your opponent's like, oh, that draw was pretty good. They concede before you even finish your sequence, right? You don't even get, you don't even get the... You're like, remove three counters yeah. from my... Concede. Okay. You know how you get those ticks for your for your daily achievement, like cast twenty red spells or whatever. Yeah. You don't even get to cast the next three red spells. They steal them from your achievement. Okay. So, or this is the other thing that happens. They just freaking bone crusher giant <laughs> runaway steam can like every time. Yeah. Like the guy does not live. So 
like I, I don't know it's it's I'm I, I I just I just don't know what to tell you, man. I, I agree. I think the deck I, I, I don't I don't I don't love the deck. I like the deck in a world of Golos where you have the time to set it up, but in it's a more but in a more hostile a field more hostile to creatures, I think that the deck is pretty is pretty trashy. I think it's I don't think it's gonna do well post field of the dead. You're just not even winning all the time. Seriously, like like I don't know, every matchup seems like slightly worse than 50% to me and like <laughs> I just have to play a little bit better than them by the way god Billy Jensen's still so good yeah I watched him on camera just like I would not have seen this on table he found this on table kill against Nassif in their top 8 match yeah like, I, I, I must have missed that the commentators didn't see it they're like I don't I don't know maybe he can do this kind of like and then like he I don't know cycled through multiple Ogos in one turn or something Made some like food trades, and he got him for exactly like seven. Oh, he like made something a creature, then played yeah. an Oko, made something a creature. Yeah, he like made something a creature. He made his own guy a creature. Like it made a you know food, but then traded for their only blocker. Right. Oh and, like, yeah. It was multiple Okos. Yeah, it was it was really sweet, and I was just like, because he he his he was roping right, and I'm like. I'm like, oh, what's he even going to do here? He's, like, roping. He's tanking. He went to the second rope, you know, and you got him exactly to zero. It was it was really, really, really good. good. Yeah. I, I wouldn't have seen it. I would probably attack with, like, half my guys <laughs> and then, like, given one of the greatest players of all time then, then the opportunity to come back. Then not blocked with the other half of yeah, your yeah, guys. Yeah, probably not. Well, maybe blocked <laughs> with half of the remaining guys. There were a lot and of guys on And then you have, like, three-quarters of the guy come There were a lot of guys on Jensen's side of the table. Yeah, okay. I would have blocked with some of them. Like... You know, probably. <laughs> probably. Um, yeah, so what, what decks benefit the most from, like, what are the decks that, like, people have talked a lot about that, like, well, you know, it's not just that Golos is so good, it's the decks that Golos keeps from you know, coming around. Like, control decks are really bad against Golos, right? You know what I think the secret might be, and I was thinking about this myself, what if Golos is just becomes the best deck? With, like, they take away the field and it becomes the best deck. Here's my argument for this. Last year, Nassif made that Naya Ramp deck that ends up with Zakama on top. You yeah. remember this deck? With like, it has like Palaka Worms. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. Golos, I'm sorry, like Kenrith and Golos are way the fuck better than Zakama, okay? <laughs> this was a plausible deck already. Sure. You could, I think there is a deck in here, and now like the target is going to be off the ramp, guys. Right? Right. Ramp has been a viable strategy. You, you get to play better mana, first of all. You don't have to play <laughs> as many mismatched lands as possible. Well, I think right? If you want to activate Golos, still you probably yeah, still. but you can still like do that by like casting Securitas. Like you don't have to make sure that you're making a mismatched land drop every turn for the early turns of the game. Oh yeah, oh oh, I understand what you're saying. Right. So like, like instead of playing like two temples and like <laughs> two blossoming mires or whatever, we just play four temples. Yeah. Or like yeah. we just play guild gates that we can get with our yeah, security. Yeah, oh, yeah. I see what you're saying. Like like less utter nonsense. Yes, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. You, yeah, just, yeah. You, you don't have to have these like really like also like you just get to not consume as much mental energy on your first two land drops of the game. Oh, I mean the sad thing is, like, uh, Jean-Pierre in, like, the finals, like, he kept, like, a three or four land hand. John Emmanuel. John Emmanuel, yeah. I'm sorry. Like, can't even cast a growth spiral. <laughs> like, yeah. like it's, his keep was probably right, right? I'm not saying his keep wasn't right. But if you keep, like, a three or four land hand and you can't cast the growth spirals in your hand, that's crazy. I, and, of there, course, there were Dominguez ran him over. I, I, maybe, <clears throat> maybe, maybe we'll do this with Zvi at some point. I would love to... 
revisit some of the actual opening hands that people had from some matches down the back end of day two yeah. and in the top eight and like ask mulligan questions. I mean, Zvi isn't, so I'm a way less aggressive mulliganer than Zvi, right? Oh, uh, Zvi is Zvi right now with the London mulligan. Yeah. And, you know, cards like Once Upon a Time is just super aggressive about mulliganing. Against Hat, Huey mulliganed a hand. I know that Zvi would have mulliganed. I was in the camp of mulliganing that hand. I, I'd like to do this um, for a future episode where we actually have the hands, but yeah. it's it's and interesting to talk. I think people could still be mulliganing more aggressively. But my point is that I think the average player would not have mulliganed this hand. Huey did mulligan it, and then it was a disaster. Right? Like, if he had kept the first hand, he probably would have won. Yeah, but you and can't. You can't. That, you can't do that. No, because because Yellow Hat kept a hand that didn't have like a one drop, and he had like a good play on turn three with a Paradise Druid. So he's yeah. just all right. This I'm gonna live with this hand. Yeah. Because I will Zvi just never keep a hand that has like a Paradise Druid and like a Wicked Wolf or something on turn three. That's a pretty good opener or like a Questing Beast. Like it depends on what, but like like if there's a better hand to be like a a better optimal hand to be. There's had, always a better hand. So so the thing so is then like you should this be is a deck. this is like always loot. Like. <laughs> Can't always loot. <laughs> always loot. Can't always loot. <laughs> always loot. Always mulligan. Always loot. So yeah, the pro here's a reason why you can't always loot. Let's say you only have one card in your hand and it's a really good card. Uh -oh. Okay. And you're uh -oh. like, you're like, and you're like, oh, okay. Let's imagine, just for sake of argument, you Never have. Never mind. This is the part I might need to edit out, Mike. You have donated in your hand. <laughs> <Yeah>. Okay. <laughs> and you're like, loot, and you draw illusions. Okay. Mike. You can't always. There's no hard rule. You can't always loot. I think yeah, generally loot. I agree. Can't always loot. Why would you edit that out? All <laughs> comments and feedback can be directed to at five with Flores. Hashtag loot. <laughs> you better hashtag the fuck out of it so I know why you're <laughs> asking me this question. But also, by the time I walk away from this podcast, I will have forgotten this yeah, part of the conversation. Yeah, I know. I know you all. I know. So, uh, but no, so so you think that there's still like this kind of like five color ramp deck with Golos, with Kenrith. Maybe, yeah. Um, what's, what's the card? Uh, I don't remember the name of the card now. It's it's an enchantment with an alternate win condition if you control. Ever After. Ever After. I saw people on Arena playing Ever After decks in a pretty, at like. How are they winning? I, I believe they're trying to ever after. You have to do a lot of work. Yeah, I know. I know. They were trying. I, I think I would rather, if I were going to do something. I mean, I just, those decks I just ran over with Lee's deck. Yeah. I ran those guys over. So, I mean, I think, like, there's a, a version where you're just, like, you could play, like, maybe an Esper deck, and your deck is, like, four copies of that guy who's, like, a 2-3 when he comes into play. You know, not Elite Guard Mage, I like to call him. Not yeah, Elite yeah. Guard Mage, Basilica, Bell Haunt, Agent of Treachery, and Charming Prince. Like, what if you're, like, you know, you're just, like, your entire deck is, like, sick 187s and Charming Prince. Like, Charming Prince is, like, he's good on turn two, and he's great on turn four, you know? I think there's a deck there. Like, that deck would probably utterly maul aggro decks and, like, sure. also has a really great game against control. Like, everything's, like, especially if you have, like, some sort of inevitable anti-control play. Like, I don't know. Like, maybe instead of... Maybe you make it Jeskai instead of making it Esper so you don't have Basilica Bell Haunt, and instead, like, your top end is, like, four Chandra Sixes. Like, could you ever lose to control? Probably not, right? right. Like, and you know, the rest of your deck is just like two for oneing everything. <clears throat> I mean, what if you were charming princing the detention guy against like stuff like uh, other people's? 
agent of treachery so you're like get my thing back like you know you know what i'm saying like they stole your 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 planeswalker you're like bleep that get my planeswalker charming prince comes back oh. and play bleep your permanent how freaking great is that here i just gave you a deck also what, um what do you think about yarrick the desecrated so i think that there's a really impressive elementals deck probably four color elementals with neoform that uh you could play with Field of the Dead or without Field of the Dead. I would say, well, um, you got you have to play it without Field of the Dead. But like you know, it, the there's a Thunderkin Awakener um, who can just recover dead Risen Reefs. Sure, so it's weird. Like you don't play Thunder Thunderkin Awakener as a two drop in this deck. You hold it, uh, but you can just as an example, you can go like Risen Reef, get the benefit off of Risen Reef, Neo form the Risen Reef into Omnath, play Thunder, or actually maybe play Thunderkin Awakener first. Then, then Neoform the Risen Reef into Omnath, put the Risen Reef into the graveyard, Omnath triggers, attack attack with the Thunderkin Awakener, then Triggs, Triggs. Then if you have, like, another Neoform, you can, like, Neoform the Omnath into, into, uh, into Yark the Desecrated. And then, like, you're just, like, attacking with Thunderkin Awakener, which creates a trigger for Risen Reef, which creates another trigger as a result of Yarok the Desecrated. So this sounds like a thing you'd want to do, right? right we have yeah. a lot of triggers. I mean, Yarok and Golos also play really well together. I mean, either one's fine. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. You think that Yarok and Golos is the way to go? I don't know. I mean, like, that, that would be my, my inclination is, like, to, to try to build something, you know, rampy that also just has some early, that can clog up the ground on the early game and do some stuff. You know, so I like the Risen Reefs. I, li I like the Yarks. I like, uh, I mean, obviously Yarks not early game, but, you know, you're trying to I ramp think, into it. I think there's a Mono Blue Flash deck that people have not explored. Like, uh, maybe not Flash, it's wrong, where, like, Mono Blue, like, kind of a Autumn Burchette type deck. I think Simic's Mono Green, I mean, Zvi's uh, Mono Green deck is still very good. The problem with that deck is, so I, I lost at Friday Night Magic to Black Green Adventure, which is one of the decks that I had most yeah. kind of, like, made fun of at the of the Mythic Championship V. That deck is very, very good against illegitimate decks. <laughs> so, like, for example, my opponent won the roll and went, like, first turn innkeeper, second turn innkeeper, and I'm playing Simic, and I'm like... I have no way to interact with either of those innkeepers. Uh, and then he's just like, first turn innkeeper, second turn innkeeper, front side of uh, of, uh, of the beast. Yeah. But I was just like, I'm going to play my heart out, and I'm going to lose this game. And so, I, you know, I, I played for like another eight turns, right? right? You know, and I was just like, all right, I'm going to make everything right. I mean, I'm killing stuff, you know, in combat. I'm like, I'm getting my planeswalkers. How am I supposed to beat... Multiple, and then like, and then I'm like, all right, I'm gonna snag that guy, sacrifice some treasure, eat your love struck beast, and then he's just like, order of midnight rebuy my <laughs> truck beast, order and of midnight, something else. draw two. Yeah. Right, like, like illegitimate decks can't beat that, right? So adventure maybe might become Adve the best deck. I, I, I think adventure is certainly if you're looking for something grindy to do. I mean, keep in mind, by the way, you know, we haven't talked about this, but. Uh, we probably won't hear much from Zvi over the next two weeks on the podcast. He's just in the tank. He's in the tank. So Zvi is going to Richmond. He's going to be playing yeah. at Mythic Championship 6. So he's... Do you, you remember know, when he's he first going became into a Hall of Famer? Going into lockdown mode. And his, like, his, like uh, average finish was top 16 for, like, three years. Yeah. It was like, insane. <laughs> when, 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 when Zvi is paying attention... Like, look, Zvi is always dangerous, but when Zvi is actually paying attention... because he's not coordinated and he's always carrying dangerous chemicals <laughs> when he is when he is actually focusing on magic on magic in a in a 
Zvi-like way, he is he is very. He certainly sees things other dangerous. people don't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm I'm excited to see what's happening, and and hopefully he can pull together some good draft prep because that's I think been his so his kryptonite in this modern era of pro tours. Yeah, like well, mythic championships is what they're called. Sure, right? I don't. I am not obligated to call them that anymore, <laughs> so I'll just call them whatever I want. So uh, big tournaments. So. Uh, I'm, so arena is not a good prep for that. No, arena is terrible prep. I mean, arena is is completely like it's like drafting in zero gravity. Like it's just not the I same thing. I would like thing. to try that. It is not the same as playing real magic. It's just it's just very different. People, you know, the bots behave totally differently. Your play experiences can be just playing the same deck five times in a row. If the bots have like. A strat, you know, a strategy that they're not optimized to counter draft. <coughs> or so is everybody draft. has sweet decks? Is that the? No, not really. Everybody usually just has the deck that is the least optimized for the bots. So like. So do the bots have like Karsten's list, and then they like? They I just mean, they like have some. They have some, they have list. some list, but I think what they're given is like some. They're supposedly given personalities. <laughs> <laughs> Um, like would like my bot be like no, not very like, good? There's like <laughs> there's like, is like there's like incompetent. A, there's like a bot together. that like probably hate drafts. Yeah. There's a bot that always drafts monocolor. There's a bot that wants to kill Sarah Connor. You know, everyone has their <laughs> but there's thing. There's no bot that ever takes a Merfolk secret no, keeper. No, 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 no. As far no, as I've heard. <laughs> no, it's insane. Oh, I played against the Monoblue Secret Keeper deck at Friday Night Magic. Oh, really? I won that. That cannot beat Asiok. <laughs> just in case you're wondering, if you could, if you're just like Gilded Goose Asiok, yeah, they're like, yeah. <laughs> it was. I was. I was like, oh, I wasn't even sure how good that Asiok was going to be because it's like they can do a lot of stuff on their own turn and stuff. Yeah. No. <laughs> Can't win. Yeah. I almost sided it out, but oh, then I didn't. It was I sweet. That, I wonder how that deck will be with the. the the drowned secrets, like kind of dredge list. Yeah, but that's another deck that's not good against legitimate decks. Yeah, but I'm saying I wonder if you're how playing good against it'll be. like red aggro, it's just gonna run you over. That deck has no defense. I mean, O fours. All right. I mean, they they play D pretty good. I, mean, I don't know. All right. Uh, I guess they do. I mean, like. Yeah, I don't know. It doesn't have sweepers. You just like, you know what? Actually, the thing that's surprising is how much damage it could load up quickly. Like, if you get lucky with that deck and you're like two drowned secrets, and then you just like, like let's roll the creeping chills. Like roll the dice and hit it with two creeping chills. Like, yeah, it's that's a, it's a pretty impressive looking in that case. And then they're like main phase hard cast a creeping chill, uh, and then like jump start, and then all of a sudden there are three phoenixes in play. Yeah. You know, yeah, that doesn't happen that no, often. No. Also. <laughs> Also, it's really bad against Asiak, and I think Asiak is not going to not be a played card. Right? Okay. That card is going to be popular. What, what might be interesting, uh, maybe the Esper deck with Doom Foretold might come back. I think there's no reason why Hero decks can't be good. Right. Isn't Hero great still? Like, that entire deck sure. survived, and it was, sure. like, one of, like, the three or so sure. most popular decks last, last format. Sure. So, uh, all right, well, let's, let's, let's cover the last topic a little bit here, which is Pioneer. All right. So this is a new format that was announced. Uh, it is everything from Return to Ravnica forward. That's been insane. So it doesn't conclude like Modern Horizons or yeah. Battlebot. Anything that was standard legal from Return to Ravnica forward with only five cards on the ban list. What are they? The fa five Fetchlands. Damn it. Um, 
And I think that's kind of an interesting choice and perhaps tells you a little bit about what you might expect from Fetchlands in upcoming sets. <laughs> Where I ain't going to be none. <laughs> yeah. um, they have other good dual lands you can play. Sure. Um, but uh, this is, there are, there, now they've, they've said like, yes, there's currently no banned list. The first Pro Tour of next year is going to be this format, Pioneer. So it is like wide open for brewing. It's funny now and then. I was at lunch. I got a phone call, no text. I just got a straight phone call from someone you mentioned earlier in this podcast, Roman Fusco, and he starts rattling off cards, and he's like, "Monastery Swift Beer, Idol on the Great Revel," and then it's like a bunch of other cards, and he's then he's like, "Wild Slash," and I was just like, "Wild Slash," <laughs> and he's just like, "No, no, Michael J, this is not a modern deck." <laughs> I was just like, I was just like, "Wild Slash." He's like, Pioneer. And I'm like, what's that? Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know what Pioneer is. And so uh, I'm excited. Um, there's going to be a deck with Monastery Swift Spirit, Eidolon of the Great Revel. Yeah. No Goblin Guide, but we got a lot of other one-drops we can play. Yeah, there's no sh- no shortage of... Sick one-drops. Wa- of really sick one-drops, because, I mean, if you think about it, really, over the last four years of Magic, yeah. red has been probably the most successful color. I mean... Go oh. back to 2015. Bizomat Kazurier. Yeah. That guy's going to get his money. We're going to have some wizards. We're going to have some pirates. There's going to be all kinds of stuff that's going to be rumbling. We might have a knight or two. Yeah. All in the red zone together. Yeah. You know yeah. what they're going to do? Do you think they're going to attack? Neg, they're going to be tapping to cast Stoke the Flames. <laughs> what is your turn opinion? Turn the ball sideways. Take four. What is your opinion on fourth turn, hordling outburst, tap one? <laughs> For your face. <laughs> What's your opinion of that? Because that's what I'm going to do. All right. So that concludes Michael's segment on Pioneer. <laughs> like, there's so many broken oh, that, decks. That deck might be bad against Chain Whirler. Yeah. <laughs> it might well, be. you can play Chain Whirler if you want it. I don't think Chain Whirler is friends with these guys. Well, Chain, See, Whirler, you know how only, Chain, Whirler, Chain Whirler only goes that way. You know how? Chain you, Whirler doesn't go You know how way. we were talking about, like, oh, ever, See, Chain Whirler, he's not friends with them. They're like, oh, yo, we all live in the mountains, bro. <laughs> like, you know, some of us is pirates. Some of us is goblins, right? Like, you know, some of us is knights, right? And Shane Wheeler is like, and some of us enslave others, <laughs> wrap them in chains, and take their toughness away one tick at a time. But he would say that in Goblin. I, I don't speak yeah. Goblin. Uh, and it will. It, they're not going to be friends. They're yeah. not going to be on the same deck list. Likely both decklists will have Wild Slash. <laughs> just, just putting it out there. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, there's, I mean, Collected Company, like, Delve decks are all legal, right? Like, none of the Delve cards have been banned as of yet. Right? Like... You could play Treasure Cruise? You could play four of them. <laughs> wow. Why right? would I play you could Auto play... Red? <laughs> this is crazy. <laughs> you could play Dig Through Time. You can play... But you already said I could play Treasure yeah. Cruise. You can play Gurmag Angler. Why would I draw two for you, you, when I could draw right. three for you? Yeah, yeah Gurmag Angler. How do we get stuff into the graveyard with no fetch lands? Well, that's a, that's a great question. I I mean, I don't know how many... I mean, there's no shortage of Malefax. I'm not above a mulch. You know that, Michael J. Yeah. Oh, I guess we got like all them secret keepers and Seder Wayfinders. Oh man, we're gonna have a lot of garbage. Oh yeah, there's a lot of garbage. <laughs> the worst is when you catch a Seder Wayfinder and you just you mill your Tazigar. Let, you, let me tell you something about the next year or so. Yeah. A lot of times I'm gonna be like, guys, what if? Yeah. Just hear me out. 
one copy of Spider Spotting. <laughs> Let me tell you something. So same phone call. Roman Fusco's like, oh my God, Michael J. I have one idea for you. Five color mono blue dragons. <laughs> it would be five words, five with flores. What do you think? And I said, Roman Fusco, I have one card for you. Oko Thief of Crowns. <laughs> yeah. I ain't spending seven mana for an elk. For an elk. Did you see, did you see Ari's, uh, Ari's tweet about Pioneer today? No. Yeah, he was just like, oh, I'm really looking forward to... Uh, it was great. He's like, I'm really looking forward to... Uh, excited for Pioneer with all our favorite cards. Elk the Promised End. Elk Friends Prodigy. Pack Elk. Siege Elk. Smuggler's Elk. Etherwork Elk. Thassa Elk of the Sea. Elk of Crufix. Reflector Elk. Elk the Fervent. Elk Jane Warler. And Thoughtseize. It's <laughs> <laughs> a gas tweet. It's I, I would... tweet. You, like... You can't make that tweet if you have a job. I mean, I'm just saying, like, like I would, like, so I'm like, oh man, I wish I made that tweet, but I was busy not making that tweet today. Yeah, yeah, a mere 1,500 likes and 209 retweets. Yeah, on that. it's insane. <laughs> it's so good. The closest thing I can do is be like, don't ban anything. That aged well. <laughs> Got like nine likes on that that aged well. And people were like, aged like milk, and the people were all like. Liking aged like milk. I didn't tweet that one. That was that was hyping who? Yeah. Oh. Top eight U.S. nationals. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. Don't, I, don't, I don't forget. So yeah, it's gonna be a, it's gonna be an interesting format. I'm curious. What? So here's the. So let's just say February. I think is the pro tour that's gonna be Pioneer. So it's like October right now. Uh, there's a lot of PTQs taking place between now and then yeah. in Pioneer. There's a bunch of GPs that are going to be Pioneer. Oh, so it'll and be like a not a solved format, but we're going to have some reps but, under but the belt. A lot of reps, but they're also saying they're going to be pretty aggressive and off schedule with bands. So they're trying to like they're trying to get modern right. They're the first trying time. to calibrate it. So day one, so we you know get to day one of that Mythic Championship. Currently, there are five cards on the band list. Yeah. How many cards are on the Pioneer ban list when we get to wherever that Mythic Championship is? I feel is? like they're going to have to ban Oko. I think that they're <laughs> going to have to ban Oko. Follow-up question. How many formats does Oko get banned in? I don't... I mean, I think they're going to have to ban... I think Standard is still up for debate. Once upon a time. Sure. I mean, like, seriously, if they're banning cards like Preordain, they banned Ponder, right? I mean, like, every single cycle, we were like, Ancient Series is not going to make it. But you know what they did ban? A tune with Aether, okay? Like, yeah, yeah. If you're banning a tune with Aether, there's no way Once Upon a Time makes it to the Pro Tour. I mean, that card is, like, the most busted card in Modern now. It's played in Tron. It's played in Selesnya Combo. It's, it's so played good. in Selesnya Eldrazi. It's, it's so played good. in Selesnya Aggro. It's played I, in. I believe you will see it in decks with Valkyrie. minimal ways to cast it. Like they might have some incidental green source to like be able to play it later in the game if somehow that comes up. But I believe you will see people playing it off color in Pioneer in, in Standard. So at the Pro Tour. I think, like, if you have a strong argument in, like, Modern where you can play, like, one one green fetch and, like... I'm sorry, one green duel and then however many fetches that can get it. Like, that's fine. Right? But I think, like, in Pioneer, I think... 
I'm just imagining Pioneer's just going to be kind of a jack standard, right? It's like it's not going. It's more of a jack standard than a mini. It's modern. like all your like is is my collected company deck better than your Felidar Sovereign deck? Better than your Delve deck? Better oh, than your shit, Burn man. deck? Felidar, so- you think Felidar Sovereign is going to play Once Upon a Time? But they're not G. <laughs> they're like blue red. We could play. We could. You could play your Burn deck with Once Upon a Time. I probably wouldn't though. But you could, like, very easily. Ravitz is just going to snug me for two. <laughs> I could have just drawn that land, dude. Like, there's no... But, like, to get, like... You just get, like, one extra shot for free on turn one to dig for a guide or a swift spear or... There's no guide. Oh, okay. So there's not... It's not the same amount, but... No, or I Or just... a Courier or... Come I'm on. just playing a bunch of nonsense and then casting Stoke the Flames and Crossing My Fingers. <laughs> This is not the deck for a thoughtful mage. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Come on, Brian. All right. I'm I sorry. haven't had to choose between these five cards. I'm probably eighty percent likely what's to make was, them wrong what's choice. What's that? Was Jace the Mind Sculptor in? Uh, World Wake. So that's before Return to Ravnica. Is it not know. legal in this format? I don't, I don't even know. I don't even know. It's too many Ravnicas. It gets confusing. When you said to me return, I thought it was this set that they just had. No, no, no. It's, <laughs> no. There's like 30 sets in this format. All right, so return to Ravnica, and then not Ravnica Allegiance, right? What came after return to Ravnica? Uh, Are you like looking I, like I, all I, the I, magic I, sets in order? No, I'm just looking up the Pioneer Magic format. Like I, I cannot. Here. Is there like a list? Yeah, there's a list. All right, let's. All right. Pioneer is return to Ravnica, Gate Crash, Dragon's Maze. Oh, I know these cards. <laughs> Magic 2014, Theros, Born of the Gods. Oh, by the way, someone pointed out today that you can play Mono Blue Devotion and Tempest Gin in Pioneer, which seems kind of sweet. Do you have, like, some breeding pools? How are you going to cast Oko? I mean, you can. Uh, Born of the Gods, Journey into Nyx, 2015, Khans, Fate. Lots of red sets here. Dragons of Tarkir, Magic Origins, Battle. Wait, so let's look at this. So Pro Tour Theros uh, was won by a mono blue deck. Yeah, mono blue deck, but, but there's also the pack rat deck. Yeah, but then so uh, but then let's go to the but then Pro Tour uh, Cons of Tarkir. I'm oh, sorry, Pro Tour Fate Reforged or, or Dragons of Tarkir. Which one of it was won by a mono red? A bunch of these Pro Tours were just won by 20, mono red. 2015 was mono red. Yeah, Cons of Tarkir was Siege Rhinos. Uh, Fate Reforged was was modern, but I think Dragons of Tarkir was, was mono, mono red. red. Origins was mono red. Uh, mono red. Battle for Zendikar was. Uh, we started. It was, was Abzan. Yeah. Uh, Eldritch Moon was like. This is sick. I own all these cards. Yeah. Oh yeah. By the way, <laughs> apparently anybody who was like in a job selling magic cards yeah. was frantically, you know, repricing magic cards today, no, or at least I own all yeah. the playables from like all these yeah. sets. Yeah. Scarab God's like, yes, I have life again, right? Man. Like. There's like all kinds of wingmate rocks and there's zombie decks in Amonkhet. There's it's gonna be so cool. Yeah. Because you're the problem with modern is that it's like the good decks are way and too good. And then I could just Aetherwork Marvel into Ulamog. You could, if your Aetherworks Marvel withstands the withstands what happens. Hey, can we make it so people can't gain any energy? <laughs> like, <laughs> like, is there a car that's just like fuck y'all's energy? Is there, no, is there no, a card like no. that? Oh, by the way, like Ixalan, those I think Mono Red is, if you look through these sets, yeah. there's like multiple Pro Tours where a Mono Red deck won yeah, every yeah, yeah. time. That's what I'm saying. I'm yeah. just like trying to tell you. There's like, like there's three columns. There's like here. the Atarka Red deck, 
there's the there's a the the one where like Pro Tour Magic Origins were like seven of the decks were mono yeah, red. Yeah, there's a Yeah. Oh yeah, there's that red deck. Is that PV? These are all mono red wins. <laughs> I mean, like, come on, man. Yeah, Martin Dang. Uh, yeah, that's these Harker. Yeah, red Joel Larson. That was the one I just said. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Origins. Just putting some names to red faces. Yeah, I mean the faces are are red. Yeah. Because of the amount of sunburn they have, the exposure yeah. to the to so. the to the red pips. It's gonna be exciting. I can't uh, wait. This sounds like a great format. Yeah, there's like Magic Online PTQs going on every week in November and wait, December. So Jeskai Ascendancy is legal in this format, right? Yes. It and is. This is not gonna be a fun format. So Embry and Jeskai Ascendancy are legal in the format right now for the, for the moment. Oh, by the way, you can also play. Someone pointed out. I think Pascal Maynard was tweeting about like his just brainstorming notes. Yeah. He's like, what about um, hardened scales and you know the snake. What's the snake? Uh, what you call it? The constrictor. Oh, the new set guy? Yeah, the, the black green, whatever it was. Oh. Winding constrictor. You could play that. He's like, woo. You know, he's just like throwing out combos. I own those cards. Yeah. That, that one's good. It's fine. I own that. <laughs> um, no, I was just thinking like there's two different kinds of imprint moxes, right? In this in this cycle. I, I think it's just mox opal for yeah, this. Or, or mox whatever. Amber. Mox amber for this one. So, all right, so at least legal. there's mox amber, right? Yeah. If you've got... Kethis combo, by the way, is legal in this format. Yeah, so what if you just had, like... you? This is probably the same deck. You're, like, five-color Kethis, Jeskai, Ascendancy, Embry. Well, I mean, <laughs> <Sure>. like... <laughs> like, I don't know how you don't win on the third turn, right? <laughs> I don't know how... I also yeah. don't actually know how you win on the third turn, but I believe that someone with better technical prowess than me can figure okay, it out. Okay, so you cast Jeskai Ascendancy and you have Embry in play, right? Yeah. And then you loop the Moxes and, Je and Embry gets in. First of all, you make your hand perfect because every cycle loots, right? Right? Yeah. Okay. Then you make infinite mana with your infinite looping of Moxes, right? And... Meanwhile, you keep untapping Embry because that's what happens with Jeskai Ascendancy and you cast a non-creature oh, non okay. spell. So Embry is a million, a million. You have a perfect hand to defend yourself and uh, you have generated infinite mana. So like maybe just all you did along the way is just get a Bane Fire for I, sake do, of our Do I just attack with Embry? You could. Or you uh, could just uh, have... Mana burn, your mana pool clears. Uh, or you could maybe just have a one single copy of, brain, of uh, Bane Fire in your deck. Sure. Then I, you would just P point it at your opponent. Yeah, like you. they would die. Yeah. Right? Like, that's the thing you could do. It's in your colors. It's red. Um, All right. So, so back to the original question. So, five cards you currently. You know what beats that? What? I don't want up the gray revel. Five cards currently on the band list. Yeah. How many more it's cards? 20. You say 20 more cards. No, no, 20 total. So, 15, 15 more, more cards, cards yeah. will get added. I don't know which ones they are, I'm not, but I'm, I'm gambling on. You're going to say 15. I think that it's, I think Oko. So if I set the line at 15 and a half, yeah. you're going to take the under. I would take the under at 15 and a half. I think I'm going to take the over. On 15 and a half? Yeah. Okay. So. Eh. Wow. What I, I mean, are there 15 band I'll tell you cards? the ones that. Are there 15 band cards in standard across this period of I mean, time? I you can't count like Ferocidon, right? Like, right. So I mean like. Is, no, I'm going to take, I think I would take the under on 15. Sure. So. 15 I mean, and a half, I so, like. Is a tune with Aether a broken card in this format? I don't want to play against it. Like, you know what I'm saying? Well, part, like, part of the part of the problem sometimes where fun. cards get banned is because they're so ubiquitous and boring. Like, it's not you're not going to just play against mono a tune with Aether decks in this format. You could you literally could be playing against but anything. The entire I mean, I think like people who really respect Mark Rosewater in general 
Like, you know, Mark Rosewater, I think it's a lot of flag from people who don't really understand Mark Rosewater's job. I think that's a thing that we can probably all agree Mark, on. Mark Rosewater, one of the most beloved people in the in the industry? I think he is beloved by some. And, I think by most. But there, but there, he gets a lot of flack from some vocal people. Sure. And he has forever, right? I mean, back yeah, in the yeah, Usenet sure, days. Sure, sure, I think that the only the only pock mark on my opinion of Mark Rosewater is his insistence that energy wasn't a grievous mistake. <laughs> <laughs> like, the problem with energy is that every other time in Magic when you gain a resource, um, you had to pay something for that resource, right? right? Like, you know... All right, you can you can poison people, and you're kind of doing double damage. But in return, your cards all stink, right? right? <laughs> like that's that's the kind of thing, right? Or like you can do this thing that's fast and powerful, but you can only play with artifacts, right? Like any colored cards, you probably can't even cast them because you're like you're too inconsistent. Energy was just like, let me tell you what I'm going to say for you. We're going to fix all your colors <laughs> starting on turn one. You can have whatever colors you want. Oh, that's that's cool. What do I get? What do I have to pay for fixing all my colors? We give you energy. <laughs> well, I mean, I can't do anything with energy. Can't, 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 it just has no effect, right? He's like, well, let me tell you about energy. Would you like to do two to three points of damage per turn to opponents or their creatures? Yeah, that'd be great. What do I, how much mana do I have to pay for that? None. <laughs> In fact, anytime you cast any spells, we just give you more energy. Okay, how about like a, an Ulamog, you know, or an Emrakul for four mana? Would you like that? Oh sure, do I have to discard my hand? No. <laughs> no. You just you, we you just look through your library if you want it, put it on the battlefield. Does it cost a prohibitive amount of energy? Kind of, but we'll give you more along the way. <laughs> like, I mean, I don't know. Energy yeah. was horrible. Yeah. <laughs> I, I I believe that Aetherworks Marvel and Fellow Earth Sovereign will be, be the two most recent broken decks that people attempt to trot out for this format. I would love it. I think they're sort of the two easiest broken decks to sort of see how they... I mean, you get to take a lot of broken standard decks and just throw them up against each other, too, which so, is kind of cool. Yeah, I mean, I, I aspired at one point to do that thing. I don't know if you ever saw it at Grand Prix. There's this guy who has, like, this box. There's, like, a 20 decks in the box. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You roll the dice, and you're yeah. like... And then you just... You get deck 15, you get yeah. deck 8, right? You play yeah. against each other. And, like, one of the decks is Napster. Welcome to Pioneer. Yeah, so... Well, you just bring, like, 20 decks. is awesome, right? Oh, you know, historical decks. So it's yeah, Kai's yeah. Wildfire yeah. deck against, you know, you know, Tinker or something. So anyway, I think that I would love it if this format was like old Extended. It's weird as Extended was a bigger format ever than Modern ever was. But Extended, you could like, you had like Dredge and a Heartbeat coexisting with like four color zoo and five color zoo. And do you remember when, like, Saito went on that run and Raph went on the separate runs, right? Yeah. Like, Saito won, like, these consecutive Grand Prix, and he's just like, I just have, like, three drops, and I'm playing an utterly fair game that can't that can't actually disrupt a combo deck. But I'm going to win back-to-back Grand Prix with Treetop Village decks, right? <laughs> you remember this? And then Raph's like, I have this ultra-fast, like, double-strike combo. It all They're both zoo decks. Yeah, right? yeah, like, yeah. And then, and then separately, you're like, all right, I'm, there's like three different flavors of Martyr of Sands decks in the same time as both next level and previous level blue-green decks. If, I would love it if you had this format that, like, there was this level of richness and drench. <laughs> 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 I 
because once Dredge became Dredge, it was like, there was no more. Fun. Yeah, yeah, it was just like Dredge and anti-Dredge. I think that was kind of the downfall of Extended. But I mean, do you remember when I made that deck that was like Windbrisk Heights with Rith's Charm, Infinite yeah. like third turn like a uh, Bio Rhythm? Yeah, yeah. Like I would love it. All right, here's if here's that's the, the form. All right, so you and I next time we meet, yeah. To, we each have to bring a pioneer deck. A physical pioneer deck. We just it could be, you can proxy. We can proxy for the no, purposes no, no, no. of this. No, we should film. All right, we should. All right, but we got to build a pioneer deck, and we're gonna play, and we'll see. So you know, whatever. I don't think anything will be banned by the time we do this. Yeah. So no fetch lands. Josh Ravitz. Twenty fetch lands. Josh Ravitz. <laughs> Steve Saden, Mike Flores. Anyway, uh, I gotta get moving here, but uh, you know, slow news day and all. Do you think Wild Slash will be in my deck? I believe it will. Yeah. My deck will be vulnerable to Wild Slash. What if I, do you think you'll have at least one copy of Spider Spawning? Or <laughs> what's the over-under on Spider Spawning in your deck? <laughs> I mean, it's not small. It's The, the line is one and a half. Is, uh, is I probably won't. Scavenging Ooze legal in this format? Scavenging Ooze is legal. I believe it's... No, Scavenging Ooze was re was it ever in standard? I don't know. I don't think it was. I think it was just printed in a modern set. Like, I don't remember. I have to check. But we could play with like tireless tracker, right? Yeah, I mean, there's there's no shortage of just great. Oh, but cards. there's no fetch lands for tireless tracker. I mean, there's Fable Passage. There's Evolving Wilds. There's stuff. I guess you could just play land. You could just play land. It's still a really good card. Still a planeswalker, <laughs> you know. All right. So I'm gonna probably I'm probably gonna try to fell it our sovereign, but okay. We'll see. I'm probably gonna play with wild slash. Yeah, I, I I figured as much. Anyway, this has been Michael J. Flores and Brian David Marshall for Top Eight Magic. Uh, we'll be back uh, next week. As always, you can find Mike uh, at Five with Flores. Hashtag loot. Hashtag loot. Uh, I'm at Top Eight Games. Uh, our, Hashtag double uh, loot. Our occasional Hashtag always co-host at the Zvi, uh, Zvi Mashowitz. Hashtag where the hell are you? Should I call Carmen San Diego? Hashtag loot. <laughs> <laughs>